Hey, uh, Enoch, my computer is running so slow. Perhaps there is something wrong with the fuel cell regulator. Perhaps. It could just be all the porn that's downloaded. Welcome in to the Bro Four Squad podcast, where we're just a bunch of bros drinking beer and watching TV and movies. This is our review of Agents of Shield, season seven, episode eight, titled "After Before." I am your host, the Mayor Jeff Hornacek. Joining me, as always, is the Mad Scientist Brian Banner, here to review this episode as we do all of our TV episodes on the four Bro Four Squad criteria, which is the acting, the story our favorite scene, and then any theories or questions going forward. So, Brian Banner, we are now in the back half of the final season of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. What did you think about the acting and cast in this episode? So, I've got one good and one bad, and I have a feeling that you are going to echo if you don't have the exact same ones. You should, first off, because I'm smart, but also I would be shocked. Uh, First one yo-yo what's her name cordia buckley or whatever yeah natalia cordova buckley i believe yeah um not good man i think she got worse the further the episode went just she just isn't good man she got really exposed they Uh, asked a lot of her this episode they did which is the on them but also like she was really bad this is the worst i've ever seen her and she's gotten progressively worse as the seasons have gone on, but like I feel like this season and maybe last season's gotten exponentially worse. Yeah, I think so. I'm trying to think of like the big emotional weight they've tried to give Yo-Yo. Obviously, in the season where we meet Deke in outer space, that's the one where she like loses her arms. Yeah. You know, in that whole timeline, that one gets pretty rough. And then they kind of put her for the most part on the back burner, her and Mac had some stuff they went through, which you and I talked about. We never really bought anyway. I'm kind of buying it a little bit now. Sure. We'll get get that to story. But I think, and again, I'm a big Henry Simmons guy, but he has just got, he's, he's gotten better. Him and Cordova Buckley are going in opposite directions. He's trending up and she's kind of trending down. I'd agree. Uh, dude, this plays Nathaniel Malik, man. What's his name? Trevor Thomas E. Sullivan. Yeah, we have the exact same notes, dude. He's yeah. fucking awesome. Dude, I wish they found him a season or two too late. He is fucking amazing. Mm-hmm. He plays that like evil mastermind villain to a fucking T. It's just effortless, right? It he just makes is. it look so easy to be evil. Like, I am actually kind of scared that this is like a documentary and he's actually mm-hmm. like the next Hitler. And I think he's also just really well written. Like some of the stuff he was saying to Cora, I'm like, dude, this is how you manipulate like an adult sure. powers. It just For works. For sure. But writing can only take you so so far. Yeah. And I think I think Yo-Yo's storyline is case in point. I really liked her storyline and her arc this episode, but it didn't come off well. One thing I'll say about Malik's character though, they dress him up like the 
the bully in the breakfast club. He looks like yeah. he has a fedora and a samurai sword back at his house. So costuming was a little weird. I know we're in the 80s, so I guess that makes sense. But yeah. the fingerless gloves, no. I'm just like, he still is menacing. I'm like, And I'm pretty sure he had like the metal spikes on coming out of the gloves, too. He kind of looked like uh, who, who, Skull from the Power Rangers, like bulky yeah. Skull. Yeah. Kind of a I costume that. I got from him. Uh, one other thing I just wrote down, I think uh, one of the great things that this season has done is sort of paid homage to all uh, all the different seasons of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Um, and so to Dishin Latchman, I believe is her name, or Lachman, who played Jai Ying. It was, really cool to, it was really cool to see her again. And her whole season, um, which is really when Daisy's be, kind of became like the star of the show for like a two to three season stretch, that is still one of my favorite seasons of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. With Me the too. Inhumans and afterlife yeah. so it was cool to see her again and i'm sh- they set it up like we're gonna get a little bit more of her in the the show i think so too i'll get to it a little bit more in theories but they're they're bringing a lot together like episode 11 12 13 has the potential to be fucking crazy yeah and i mean at this point anyone who's appeared on the show before I would not rule out them coming back. I have a question for you at the end of the episode that I think I know the answer to, but it kind of okay. pertains to someone returning. Anything else on acting? You're ready to go on a story. Let's go on a story. All right. So according to the TV Time app, the plot synopsis for season seven, episode eight, after before is with the Zephyr's time drive malfunctioning, the team hurdles towards disaster with Yo-Yo as its only hope. Yo-Yo must enlist the help of an old adversary to regain her powers. So really the main arc here obviously was Yo-Yo and Mei going back to afterlife with Jai Ying uh, because she has to be able to basically slingshot in order to fix the Zephyr's time drive. And along with that, the team knows that the Zephyr is fucked up and they're just going to keep time jumping like a few minutes into the future. Uh, So the story here, I liked it because for the first time this season, I felt like it was pretty straightforward and easy to follow. And that's my own fault. Sometimes when it gets more convoluted, I like forget things especially with the time traveling aspect but this one just seemed like back to our roots simple mission relatively speaking um and the team just needs to get the MacGuffin, quote-unquote which in this case was yo-yo's powers would you think yeah again i i loved yo-yo's storyline her being um nothing actually being wrong with her physically it's all a mental thing and her having to overcome that really cool stuff and then having may kind of going along with her and doing having the opposite she's really just starting to learn how to use her powers um or ability or i don't even know what it is i don't are we calling it a power or an ability i would say it's a power yeah yeah whatever it is her starting to use it and being that uh using it in the negotiations was pretty cool her kind of learning learning really the full extent of what she can do and then parlay that obviously with her badassness um, really cool. Love that we were back in Afterlife. Loved seeing Jai Ying again. And again, when every time she's on screen, she just like steals it, I feel like. She has like a really good screen presence. Which again, she something does. You can't coach. Either no. You can't write it, either have it or you don't. Yeah. One thing I thought was cool, it was just a kind of a blip on the radar in terms of like the time they devoted to it in the episode. But at the very beginning, I thought it was really cool to see what the team was up to last episode while Deke and Mac were stuck in 1982. 
That's literally my first note here. Love how the show started with us seeing what the team was doing while Mac and Deke were stuck in the early 80s. Yeah. And it, I'm fine with it that they didn't have some big epic adventure trying to get back to them. They literally just jumped. And they mm-hmm. figured out that the Zephyrs fucked up, jumped, and now we got Mac and Deke back. I'm perfectly fine with that. Because it wasn't like I wouldn't have been like bothered by it, but I was just I was a little curious. Like, okay, what was the rest of the team up to? Especially yeah. when you hear how Gemma like frantically talks to Deke on the radio right before the Zephyr jumps. You're kind of like, dude, what the hell just happened on the ship? Yeah. And I, I'm glad that it wasn't just a they jumped right to that moment when they can pick them up. Mm-hmm. They actually jumped a couple of times. And it it, ra- it rose the stakes for this episode. Well, and it was also important exposition because the whole premise of this episode is how messed up the Zephyr's time jumping is. So if we didn't really get to understand that, it would have been a little bit more confusing, I think. I agree. One other thing I wrote down before we move on to best scene. Um, so the last two episodes, I don't know if they're like trying to figure out what a good spinoff series would be or if they just said... Hey, there's a couple combinations of characters we haven't really got to do much with throughout the course of the show. We want to see what we can get on the page with people that haven't interacted much. Because last episode we got Deke and Mac, which again, to my knowledge, that was by far the most they've been on screen together since oh, yeah. the of the show. That then, might course, be the only time that they've ever had a scene just the two of them, even. Yeah. And then this episode, of course, we get a lot of May and Yo-Yo, which, I mean, it's just it's cool to see these dynamics in like more like a longer period of storytelling. And the way my mind always works, I'm like, dude, would this work as like a spinoff? Yeah. Well, and then we also got um, Daisy and Sousa a few episodes ago. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously he's a new new character, but we haven't seen that before. I can definitely see them, you know, poking poking holes and, and seeing, seeing, throwing a bunch of shit on the wall and seeing what sticks. And, I mean, we haven't got it yet. We won't get into it. But I would always be game for a, just a Gemma and Fitz show. I know. All right, on to best scene. Like a show where them, like, after this, and it picks up maybe three years in advance, she's pregnant, and they have to come out of retirement for some reason. That'd be, be fucking cool. cool. Deke, Deke can be there every It'd once be... in a while as a cameo. <laughs> Deke needs to, like, get his own life, though, I feel like. We need to... Babe, like... he needs to find another girlfriend. Yeah, he needs to move out of the house, metaphorically speaking. All right, best scene, Banner, what do you got? All right, so my best scene is actually the last scene when Yo-Yo realizes she doesn't have to, quote-unquote, bounce back to where she's at, and she can just speed travel to wherever she's going, essentially slow down time and fix the Zephyr. Dude, the special effects were on fucking point this episode. Yeah. Not only in that scene, like in the scene where Korra shot the Asian dude in the face— Oh, yeah. Fucking incredible. But back to the, the scene that I think is best. The stakes were high. We felt it emotionally. We felt it, you know, this is the end of the team if she can't get this accomplished. The CGI was on point. It it was a culmination that they built up to the entire episode. You knew she was going to save the Zephyr. There was no that, – that, that never crossed my mind that they were going to have to abandon ship somehow the Zephyr was going to be saved. But how she did it, how they showed it, was very, very cool to see out on screen. And then her kind of explaining how she did it uh, afterwards was cool. 
Yeah, and Mac was like, okay, I, I pick up what you're putting down. Yeah. I got you. And, uh, again, to that point, this is the second episode in a row where I kind of – I really bought them as a couple, and that's probably the first or second time in the whole show that I bought them – genuinely worried about each other yeah it's weird because i've been obviously like the biggest cheerleader for mac throughout the show but i've never really bought into him and yo-yo but kind of like you're saying for whatever reason this season it's worked better for me yeah. i think maybe because we've gotten to know mac on a more intimate level maybe it's, it's made it a little easier to buy into that so i had an honorable mention just sort of parlaying off what you said about how great the special effects were in the cgi was how cool was it when May docks the uh, Quinjet into the Zephyr? Oh, I know. That was fucking sick. At I the know. Very end, when they warp in front of her and she has to do like that Top Gun Maverick. Yeah. The upside down swoop thing. That was. We only cool. got one shot at this. I, I got an honorable mention, and that was when May and Yo Yo were fighting. That's my best. And, scene, yeah. That's your best scene. Okay, I'll let yeah. you talk about it. I thought. Uh, I thought. I thought my best scene was the same as yours. I'm sorry. No, it's okay. That that uh, I just thought that was really creative storytelling with May's powers. Like they tried the let's meditate and do yoga and let me try and read your emotion and May's like let's just do what we do best and the way we express ourselves best and let's kick the shit out of each other. And you really felt. I mean, those are two alpha females in that moment and May especially who this whole show has basically take, been able to take command of any situation. Even when she's like grappling with these new abilities, doesn't really know how to control them. She's still like, I, I can get the most out of this. And I just thought it was just really a clever thing by the writers to say like, let's physically hit each other so I can read your emotions more accurately. And it gave a little bit more action to a episode that really didn't have too much action in it. Mm-hmm. I, that was really cool. Great dialogue. Uh, you could clearly tell May was going like 85%, which, again, oh, yeah. just showed how fucking badass she is. Well, she was like, if I knock you out cold, then it kind of like, I won't be it able defeats to. defeats the purpose, kind of. Correct. Because May could probably kick the shit out of Yo-Yo at any moment. if she May really could kill her to. with one pinky. <clears throat> Basically. Uh, it was also cool, too, because, again, sometimes because the lore of this show after, you know, seven seasons, sometimes I forget little character arcs and the thing with uh yo-yo yo-yo and like referencing back she sort of had like a bruce wayne origin if you think about it what happened to her dad yeah when it showed her in the closet had that been mentioned before or was that the first time we actually that, saw that i'm not gonna say it hasn't been mentioned i just don't remember it so it may or may not Same. have been so for me i was i thought that was kind of cool to see and the, the kid actor there was great too oh yeah Probably better than Natalia Cordova Buckley, if I can be blunt. Yeah, I would take that. I would take that kid being Yo-Yo any day of the week. <laughs> All right. Anything else? You ready to move on to theories and questions? My Let's move on to part. theories and questions and comments. So I have one just leading off. Did I miss something, or did they just rebuild LMD Coulson? Like they just rebuilt him, right? There was. Yeah, I nothing. think they took they took the hard drive that was in '83 where he was the Zola TV. Okay. And they were rebuilding him into, like, giving him his body back. Okay. I just wanted to make sure, because obviously he exploded the fuck out of himself. Right. The, la the last time we saw his physical body. So I just wanted to make sure that that wasn't, like, part of that body that they recovered, that they were just rebuilding him in whole. And I didn't... No, I think that body was completely incinerated, and they were just starting from scratch. Okay. But since he wasn't finished... Quote unquote. That's why at the end he had to go back on the charger. 
Okay. It was kind of weird how he was like, let me do it. He like wants to turn himself off. Is it weird? Yes. <laughs> I have I have a theory on that. Okay, well, since that dovetails in, just what's your... What's your I don't think he actually went off. I think he pretended to hit the button, mm-hmm. and he's not actually uh, you know, charging or whatever. And I think he's going to end up sneaking around the Zephyr and going, wait, the decisions these people are making isn't good. This is really fucked up. Like, he's not going to agree maybe morally with some of the things that they're doing. And he's going to go full Colson mode and teach and and direct, maybe even take back over S.H.I.E.L.D. from that. That would be kind of cool. Yeah. Okay. Interesting thought. Um, another theory that I had, and this is just, I think, finally affirmation that we were right. So our theory that Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. would hold true to form of seasons past and basically have like a different villain in each half of the season, I think we almost explicitly were told that here. The Chronicoms are no longer a threat. They say that about the time jump and now Malik. And it seems like sort of a team of Inhumans that he's getting is who are the villain will be the second half. I agree. I think the Chronicoms or at least Sybil is still on Nathaniel Malik's side. Cause he says, thanks to my new friend, Sybil. Right. I know what's going to happen or something like that. But she's more like Alexa at this point and less like an actual Chromacom, you know, like I don't think she has I'd a agree. physical body, but so again, it's just another way that the show has done a good job. It's not like the season like abruptly ends and pivots into something else. Like they always sort of segue those two villains and interconnect them. Mm-hmm. So, that's just a cool way to make Malik and the Chromacoms connected while he's still the main threat going forward. God, and I just can't reiterate how fucking good he was. I, the one comment that I had or thought I had is it appears that this season is almost just like a it's like a final victory lap. They're going back and pulling things from every single season of the show and bringing them all together in one big explosion at the end yeah i mean somehow hive is going to be back in this well that was another i mean that's good because at this point that's really the only season uh that they're missing something from well that was my other question is i wouldn't even ask you do you think we'll get uh brett dalton as grant ward or some iteration of him because it's gonna happen I it's think. gonna happen what i would ask is what how do you think they fit him into the story is it hive is it a younger Grant Ward we get at some point? Maybe they keep him from being indoctrinated by Hydra and he ends up ending the show as like a good guy. That'd be fucking crazy. That could be kind of cool, right? Yeah, I wouldn't be mad about that at all. Like this, he he would be, he would move from villain to anti-hero at that point. Sure. He's never if, a good guy, but he's not a bad guy either. Because if they can go back and, or they if they can go to the time period where he get, and again, Bill Paxton's not alive, so they kind of have to be... Yeah. Pretty careful about how they did it. But if they could get to Grant Ward before he gets, you know, sort of brainwashed by Hydra, I mean, that would be cool to have him just like be an actual. It'd be a nice character arc redemption, too. Oh, for sure. And it would, it would kind of, I don't know, it goes along with the show because nobody, like, Colson never really dies. They brought. Grant Ward back 17 times. Jaying is now back, and they've experimented on her where she's essentially dead, but she came back. Yeah. So it's not – they've set the precedence that that's not that far-fetched. Another theory I had sort of just – I'm just on a roll here – was 
this was something we brought up earlier, like in previous episodes, and it's small, but now it's gonna fucking happen. So Sousa gets his prosthetic leg. Yeah. The char- the character that actor plays, Enver Gorchag, in the Avengers, because he can walk properly, that's gonna be Sousa now. It's gotta be. He's gonna become an NYPD police officer at the end of the show, and they're gonna say you can live a life protecting and serving, just can't be Sousa anymore. That'd be cool. And you're right. They're setting it up perfectly for that. Yeah. And again, that plays into my theory that I said, what, episode one or two, that they are going to bring this back and connect it back to the movies in some way to just show, like, look, we can start a start a show, spin off of movies, go in our own direction, do some crazy, unprecedented time travel bullshit, and bring it back to the movies and have it all make sense. Yeah. It's, and the the time traveling aspect of this season has, we said it a little bit earlier, but it's allowed them to sort of do like a victory lap of the show. Like all of our favorite yeah. arcs and moments and characters and sort of MacGuffins and things that they've had throughout the history of the series. They can see for like the, the brief period of an episode or maybe sometimes two episodes. And then we can move on and go on to the next one. And it feels organic because yeah. of the way they've been telling the story. It's like Dwayne Wade trading jerseys at the end of every game of his final season. That's what they're doing. They're just trading trading jerseys with all the other seasons now. And then when he trades with Hive, he'll trade his, his Hive's face. Like Hive will rip off Grant Ward's face and be Obviously. like, there you go. And I'll take your sweatband or whatever. Yeah. I had one more thing, but I want to let you get a few of them. So my, I think I've kind of piggybacked off of everything and said mine. But the one that wasn't said is Cora is Daisy's sister, right? I was wondering about that. So, did they yeah, say Cora was Jaying's? They didn't explicitly say that, but through the dialogue and the kind of teenage mother fighting that they were doing with the, I don't remember his name, but the, the Asian guy being like a stepdad. Yeah. It it feels to me like they're going to be maybe stepsisters, if not, you know, 100% sisters. They are going to be related in some way. So Daisy, uh, Mac made a comment about how, like, we need to, we can't really fuck with time too much because, like, unlike with my parents where I was born, Daisy hasn't been born yet. It's 1983. When do we think Daisy's born? Like, within the next two to three years? Yeah, she's probably, like, 85 to 89, I'd say. I mean, I I can't say, because she was pretty young in the first season. I feel like she's about my age. I was born in 87, so maybe she's, like, a year or two older than me. Yeah. Which would put her right around, yeah, that like 85-ish. I just, and I don't know chronologically how old she was in the first season when we picked her up in the back of that van. But I feel like she was only like 18, 19, maybe 20 in that, in that season. <clears throat> yeah, I'm just wondering how long. Yeah, I mean, I, doubt, I guess depending on the jumping, we could see Kid Daisy. But she didn't ever mention a sister, right? No, but if she was given up for adoption true, you know, yeah. so early, she may not even know. Um, and maybe she was given up for adoption because Cora was dangerous because she already went through the mist or something like that. Well, under that presumption, which I like, I mean, Cora then has to basically die in the show, right? For her to explain, like, not being an afterlife or... Yeah, I, I don't think that's that far-fetched. Okay. Or she gets transported somewhere or something. Transported somewhere, maybe, yeah, or locked up. All possibilities. Yeah. It'd be cool if maybe she's at the raft. 
Wow. That would be pretty sick. Um, there's a lot they can do with Afterlife because, like, it, it's it's bef- it's probably what like when would Lincoln and them have got? I, I don't know. Even if you I mean, yeah, I mean, it's it's got to be like 15, 20 years at least. Yeah, I was gonna say they have a lot of runway to play with in terms of characters they could bring in. Yeah. Do you have anything? I liked else? Young Gordon. That was cool to see. Oh yeah, that was cool. Yeah. Although that and actor I'd... struggled is one. <laughs> it's all right though. He only had yeah. like one. He did what he needed to do. <laughs> uh, I, I think that's all I got. So I just had questions. A couple of theories. I, I had one more question from the end of the episode. So <clears throat> the Zephyr basically isn't fixed, they say. Right. Even though we thought it was. And they time jump again. We're not sure how far it is. Do, could you see them? Like, are they going to jump a few minutes and be stuck in... 1983 still or could you see them this is a thing that i thought would be an interesting next episode and again we don't watch the next time on trend pimp knows this so if this is already answered you know i apologize but what if they jumped forward like a year and it's a world where like malik and his inhuman team have basically like taken over so again going to where they're they're pulling stuff from every season what if and i just thought of this so it's a real raw idea they go in the future back to chronologically the same time, which was what, like 2075 or whatever, when the Kree are there, mm-hmm. uh, where they get transported in the future and they're dealing with the monoliths and everything. Right. What if they get transferred to that time? Earth is still destroyed, but it's because Malik did it on purpose. Somehow he he now has Kree on his team with Inhumans. So it's him, Inhumans, and Kree. They we'll say blew up the earth because I don't know, they're evil. That's I think enough justification and it's them trying to undo that. Again. And he, he could have maybe like experimented on Jaying to stay alive. Yeah. Use her. Yeah, powers. exactly. Exactly. Interesting. One other thing I thought of, do you think we'll, this is totally off topic, but I just thought of another character. Do you think we'll see Talbot at all? Maybe as, like, a young, like, officer. I could see that. That'd be cool. His arc, man, got really crazy, right? It like, did. He became, what, like, Gravitron, right? Something like that. He, like, got shot in the head and... Got really powerful, went insane. Yeah. I don't know. It'd be kind of cool. And that was really fast, too. He wasn't in it very much. I almost forgot about him, honestly. He was, like, a bit character in seasons two and three, and then they re- he became, like... Pretty yeah, pretty quickly like the main villain. Right. Yeah, the, he was like that first half villain. I think that was the Inhuman season, actually. It might have. If I remember right, because he wanted to destroy Afterlife. I think I don't know. I'm, I could be misremembering it all. I Is just, he the I, reason that that uh, Lincoln died? I believe so. Yes. I can't remember. It all. I don't know. It I, all, it's like it's crazy how much of the show I forget. Yeah. Pathetically, considering we review it every week. <laughs> all right man that's all i had this was uh i thought a, a good episode i mean it's there hasn't been an episode that i really didn't like i don't think since like the second one so i'm intrigued and it, as they keep bringing back old characters old settings and old seasons just makes me wonder like what are we going to see next that alone is worth tuning in each week i think i agree i think that this episode got us it jumped us a huge step forward to getting to the end of the season 
uh, and the end of the series, they are starting to tie up some of these ends. Like, why does Yo-Yo not have her powers? Okay, we got them back. Uh, now we can focus on Coulson, and we can focus on getting Daisy's powers back, and we kind of focus on the team, and dare I say it, get fits, but that's not going to fucking happen. Um, bringing all them together, so now you have a team versus a team in an epic, you know, probably two, maybe three episode cat and mouse game mm-hmm. to end it. Yeah, I tried to just tell myself that I wasn't going to talk about Fitz, so I'll, I won't say anything about him this episode. But um, as always, I just hope we get him soon, you know? <laughs> I think I think I said episode 10, so we still got a couple to go. Yeah. Unfortunately. Oh, well, he was referenced a little bit more this episode. Uh, Yeah. What did you think? I know we're we're getting down on the wire here. What do you think of that like diary, video diary thing that Gemma did to Fitz? Yeah, I, I you're right. That made me think there's something Gemma's not telling us. Yeah. And I'm I'm sure Enoch know Enoch always knows what's going on, and he doesn't say anything. I don't know. I I I just I think there's more to meets the eye than the actual reason for Fitz's disappearance and again it could be as simple as maybe ian decastiger had another project he had to shoot but also maybe there's something big they're waiting to reveal with him that you know we can't take what Gemma says at face value for whatever reason i have faith in the writers every step of the way of this series i've had faith in them that when i don't agree with something they make it worth it they are going to make it worth it whether it was he had contractual issues or different obligations and they had to write him out I'm okay with them writing him out this way. I don't necessarily like it, but I understand it. And they're making it to where he's still a part of the story, even though he's not there. Based on what we know about how the the show is typically handled, like it has a lot of reverence for its own characters. Whenever Fitz does show up, I have a feeling you and I will be like, totally worth the wait. Yeah. And that's... Yeah, we've been pissed off for eight fucking episodes. If he comes in in episode nine, you better believe that's the best episode of the season. Yeah, and it's coming from two guys who, like, really misfits on this show. I was, like, about to go watch old clips just to be like, oh, I remember him. Yeah. Oh, Fitz. All right, for the Mad Scientist, Brian Banner, I'm the Mayor Jeff Hornacek, and we are the Bro for Squad podcast. Thank you guys for checking us out. Check out our reviews on all of the rest of the final season of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. You can find us on Twitter, at bro for squad on YouTube. Spotify and Apple Podcasts. If you type in Bro Force Squad as three separate words, and everything that we do is on our website, broforcesquad.com. Till next time, Briar and I have to go jump like 12 minutes into the future. We'll see you there. What are we going to do in 12 minutes? <laughs>